Super Bowl Sunday for it all is. of you here and everyone watching online. Uh, hey, how you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. Can't wait. So, um, who are you rooting for tonight? Oh, man. Well, my uh, son-in-law is from Cincinnati. So, who do you think I should vote for? We've got some Cincinnati fans over there. All right. I, I was hoping so that Bengals. I'd be, be rooting for the Vikings, but uh, yeah, that's not well, happening. You know. I wore this today because it's wishful thinking. It's been years of disappointment. But uh, um, I'm going to be rooting for L.A. because I feel bad for Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's been yeah. with the Detroit Lions, and that's like just years and years of torture for that dude. And <laughs> I think he's earned it, don't you? Didn't get any class from the Cincinnati know, fans. They're no, like, no, over there. Uh, so you, you got any plans for tonight? Are you going to be eating some chicken wings? Yeah, I think I'm gonna do wings, sit out with the five dogs, and watch the TV. And five hot dogs? Five real dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just enjoy ourselves. All right, well, cool, so, man. Yeah, well, yeah. hey, we're excited to be with you guys uh, today, and we're gonna dive into this message and give us a, give us a summary of what we're gonna be going sure. through, Greg. So last week, Josh introduced the whole series of when mess meets mercy. Not if you're like me, but. There's a lot of messes in my life that have happened over the years. With five dogs, the, Greg, I'm sure there is. Boy, don't go there. I have to clean it all up. I mean, every week or every other day. Anyway, so the whole dynamic that Josh was sharing about Paul was he was a radical. He was a terrorist as far as the Christian church went. And he persecuted the church. He arrested them, dragged folks out, threw in jail, approved of their being murdered. Um, he was just a zealot that God miraculously met on the road to Damascus, and this bright, brilliant light shined. Paul met Jesus. He was totally transformed, and then he began a journey of this redemption, of this trans transformation that was throughout his life, and we're going to take a look at that today and, uh, and kind of what does that mean, okay? Cool. So, um, so the, the scripture that we were starting from, first of all, the question is, um, we want to wrestle with Paul's calling, okay, and the fact that he went to the Gentiles. But there's, there's a couple dimensions about calling that we're going to talk about today because every one of us has this in your life. You may know it or you may not know it. So basically, but, God's, you, the question is, is, is God calling you? Is God calling you? Yeah. yeah. And we're going to give him the answer there, right? That's right. All right, good. That's right. So the first slide is um, out of Ephesians 4.1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. So Paul is writing this letter um, to the Ephesian church which are basically house churches scattered throughout that whole city, that whole area. Uh, Ephesus was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It was incredibly diverse racially, politically, um, different religions, uh, intolerance for many, many. The, the Jews hated the Gentiles. Very challenging, uh, pluralistic society that they were living in. And so Paul is writing to this group that have become believers. Well, now they got to know how to get along. And now they've got to know what does this mean to actually live this out. So he's, he's saying he actually implores them. He's begging them, get this right, and to understand this calling. And one of the, the neat words for this, this worthy of the calling is uh, kalesis, which is from kaleo, which means to summon. So God was summoning people, first of all, to himself. So we're going to talk about the call God has to himself for each one of us, and then the calling, the expression of our lives out of that overflow. Yeah. Awesome. So you want to pray and get this going? Yeah, let's pray. 
Uh, God, we thank you so much for just an opportunity to pause, to come together and to let you work in us and through us. And Lord, as we wrestle with the question, are you calling us? We know that you called Paul. We get to study that and we get to see the effects of that. But the big question is, is are you calling each and every single one of us? But, or is that just for a select few? And so, Lord, we pray that your words would be shared accurately, that Greg and I would decrease, you would increase, and that everything that is said and done up here today is for your glory. May it all point to you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I love working with this guy. Um, and, and Greg, the reason I love working with him because he's super patient. Um, those of you that know me know that I'm extremely ADHD. Those of you that don't know me, I'm extremely ADHD. Yeah. Uh, in fact, somebody asked me a minute ago, they're like, hey, Dad, why, why? actually, my daughter, there you go, that's yeah. who it was. She's like, Dad, why do you always tell people you're ADD? And, and you're not ashamed of it. And it is just because of that right there, is because I'm not ashamed of it. You know, sometimes we have these things that happen in our life and we don't want anybody to know about it. But I, right away when I worked with Greg, I'm like, dude, you need to know this. And he felt the full force of that ADD oh, this boy. week. Oh, we did. Because there's certain things about us that people don't know. Yeah, we're scatterbrained and we got energy and all that stuff. But sometimes we'll hear something or we'll see something and our brain gets hijacked by an idea and we can't let it go. We hyper-focus on it. And so Greg, he starts reading this passage about the worthy, worthy. And I'm like, man, I love those candies. Those worthy candies, Greg, you ever have? It's like no. that caramel explosion. Worthers, Ben. Worthers. Yeah. 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 He's like, no, they're worthers, man. I'm like, what? I've always called them worthies. <laughs> and they're worthy to be eaten. And so... <laughs> Like for an hour, I'm talking about these caramel delights, these wonderful golden gems, and they're beautiful. And so finally, Greg goes and he gets us a bag of them, and then he learns something else you don't do with people that ADD. Give them sugar. <laughs> it's like throwing water on gremlins. You know, it's bad things happen, man. And so we got nothing done that day. Nothing, uh, nothing done. done. The nothing. second day we were supposed to work, I had to detox from all yeah. the sugar. Yeah. And then finally, the third day, Nothing we wrote a message out in a napkin, and we have it for you today. So it's, it's great. Um, but one thing that I do love about Greg is that he endures my weirdness, ADD. And one of the big things that I grew up doing and I've perfected is ask a lot of questions. I'm not ashamed if I don't know or if I need something explained a little bit better. You know, sometimes we'll read through the scriptures and there's just some things that I'm like, I just don't get that. I need to get with somebody and Greg's that guy. And that's I'm always just asking because him I'm questions. older. I'm old. That's all. That's no, man, reason. it's so yeah. much more than that. And so I remember when we were diving into this calling, yeah. my idea, the first thought that I came to was completely wrong. And I thought about my, my calling to be a part of the NFL. Um, some of you may not know this, but I've, I'm a part of the NFL. Um, and my journey to the NFL actually started in the third grade. Third grade, I had to take a bunch of tests, and the teacher said I was special. It was the first time that ever happened. I thought I was going to Disney World. That didn't happen. Yeah, Still bitter about that, Greg. <laughs> you and I at Disney World, can you imagine that? Oh, no. <laughs> we'll bring the bag of Werther's. It'll be yeah, hilarious. Yeah. But I, uh, instead of going to Disney World, I got a bunch of labels, and that was the first time I heard about the ADD thing. Um, I have this thing called dyslexia, LD, LMNOP, HDTV. <laughs> I got them all. And... In the 80s, when you got, you know, labeled all this stuff, they put you in a special classroom. And so for a long time, I did not feel worthy. Mm -hmm. I felt like a mistake and I, I was broken and um, I, I had my mind set on, you know, eventually I'm going to be a ditch digger. You know, that was the joke in my family, you know, because I just struggled so much. And then, you know, God had a different plan for me. And in the ninth grade, I had an incredible teacher 
who prayed for me. You know, part of that calling that we experience is sometimes just God lays somebody on our heart to pray for them and to be diligent and consistent with that prayer. And this woman did that. And then she... She reached out a little bit more. She got another nudge, and that was to invite me to go to a summer camp. And I remember her saying, Ben, she's like, Ben, you ever been to summer camp before? I'm like, no. She's like, you want to go to a summer camp? I'm like, are there going to be any girls there? She said, yes. I said, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to that. I may be special, but I ain't stupid. Let's get that right. And so I go to this camp, and it was very much like that Paul conversion. Mm -hmm. It was like my road to Damascus. I went there, and my eyes were open to the truth. And I'd heard about Jesus and I'd, you know, had ideas about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. And I put my faith in him that day. And my life has never been the same since. And then that journey kind of took me on a whole bunch of different things. And one was uh, I developed this ability to draw. Um, I've got, if you know anybody that has ADD, we're pretty creative people. And uh, I met a guy who was 80 years old and he used to perform art on stage and uh, he and I became good friends. And before he passed away, he said, hey, Ben, would you take over my ministry? And so I started speaking to all kinds of groups and drawing with chalk. And it was really weird. I was 19 years old and I had to, I had to go to my parents. And yeah, you can yeah. imagine me going to you, Greg, and be like, hey, dad, um, yeah, you know that scholarship I have to play basketball and get a good education? Yeah, I'm going to go draw with chalk instead. How do you oh, feel? no, you're not. Yeah. So I left college, um, or I retired from college uh, <laughs> to, to do this chalk thing. And for 25 years, that was my job. And because I was heavily involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, it opened the door for me to be a part of the NFL. I started meeting all of these football coaches at these camps, and I met Tony Dungy, and a super good dude, probably one of my favorite guys, Butch Davis. I don't know if he's coaching still, um, but Butch Davis used to coach the Miami Hurricanes. Eventually, he coached the Cleveland Browns. He had me come in and speak both to the college team and the professional teams, and through that, I got a chance to speak to... um, so many different football teams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tennessee Titans. Um, one of my favorite teams, and we'll talk about them in a minute, is the Minnesota Vikings. And here's a slide of me getting a chance to hang out with Mr. Like Adrian oh, Peterson right there. There's my daughter right there. She's got that purple and gold on, and so now she's infected as well, and she's got to get used to the years of disappointment. I actually I love this picture because Adrian Peterson's so muscular, and I'm like, I got to, you know, this is me right there. Like, hey, I eat beef you're, jerky, you're too. You're working at that, man. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, one of my favorite uh, coaches, super good do- guy, is um, uh, this guy right here, Dabo Sweeney. Um, he was, uh, he's the coach of the Clemson team. And, and so I've had a chance to talk with a lot of these teams and meet a lot of these guys. And uh, I, my favorite what is... What was your favorite? The Vikings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, a Viking fan, Greg. Yeah, you can't, why? Because I was born in Minnesota. All right, that'll do it. I was born in Minnesota. My dad, remember the old Metropolitan Stadium? Yep, where they, they, I do. Vikings I'm, actually I'm, used to play outside. Yes. They're crazy oh, people up there. The snow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we went to a game against Philadelphia, and we had the little Viking hats on with the beanies up in Minnesota. And uh, it's where the Mall of America is now. And we froze, and we lost 39 to nothing. And I'm like, I'm going to root for that team. <laughs> so, uh, But I really am a huge Viking fan. And I remember um, the time that I went out there, uh, I knew all the guys. I'd watching them, following them, and stuff. And man, I was like a kid at Christmas time. You know, they're walking in, and I'm like, eh, "It's Percy Harvin, it's Adrian." That's what was going on on the inside of me. On the inside of me, I'm like, ah! "On the outside, I'm like, what's up?" <laughs> Trying to be all athletic. Jared Allen walks in the room, and this is a Sasquatch-sized individual. This man is ginormous, and this is his jersey. 
And he comes over to me, super nice guy, and he's like, he sees this screen, I'm gonna draw on it a little bit, and he's like, hey, is that, you gonna show a movie on that or something? What do you, what, what's that for right there? And I had to look at Jared Allen and say this, I've never seen a man look more uncomfortable. I said, yeah, Jared, I'm gonna draw you a pretty picture with chalk. <laughs> he starts backing away from me like there's something wrong, and I'm like, hey, don't go, you should see what I can do with crayons. <laughs> but you know, because of, this art and all this stuff, I had a chance to do so many cool opportunities with the Vikings and uh, other NFL teams and, you know, also had a chance to do some dome experiences, uh, arenas. We were actually talking about that the other day. Here's a picture of um, Pontiac Silver Dome, 70,000 people. And uh, there's my little chalk tray right there. And uh, Greg, you, you have a similar story to getting yeah, a chance. Yeah, mine was a little bit different setting, though. Yeah. I had a, a chance to be in a stadium and uh, speak to a number of people. There should be a picture of that coming up. There it is. So uh, used to had the privilege to work with Billy Graham uh, back in the day and coordinate this whole thing and share a little bit there. And so, yeah, there were a lot. We, we had a little bit more in 70. Yeah. We had about 80,000. Yeah, 80,000? There yeah. you go. <laughs> you don't we, know this about Greg. He looks all lovable. He's very competitive. <laughs> Yeah, we box together and have a good time. There's uh, me and Dr. Graham. Uh, this was in Bristol, England. Wow. Uh, for a meeting that I directed there, 10 look, of them actually. Look at your hair, Greg. That's so, awesome, buddy. Yeah, that was back when I had Got it. that comb over um, going real good. Sure, a lot of fun. But got to know Mr. Graham uh, really well and uh, just loved the fact that didn't matter who he was with, from yeah. the janitors in the stadiums to the CEOs to the, all the professional political guys, he was the same across the board and loved people right where they were, and it didn't matter what their title was. Isn't that powerful? So, yeah, so that was, but, but one of the things that happened in that is that even though it was, I mean, it was really a, a great privilege and honor to work with them, the thing that, that happened was that that eventually became my identity. Yeah. And so, okay, what do you do? Well, I work with Billy Graham. It's kind of like, well, who are you? Well, I work with Billy Graham. And then you start name dropping and all of this stuff. And yeah. God in his mercy allowed me after that to really get broken, to be humbled, to have great loss, to be crushed, and to realize that this was great, man. It was, it was incredible fun. We saw so many people come to Jesus. But really what mattered was my identity as a son of the Most High God. Amen. As a son of the King of Kings, the creator of all the universe. And then I got solidified in that. And then I could start living out of that, out of my true self versus this image or this mask that I would wear and, and try to portray to others. So just to break that down a little bit, ADD is arising yeah, or something, whatever. Um, so what you're saying is that, so all these dome things and speaking all this stuff, that's not the important thing. Right. You know, so when we're talking about this worthy to be called, you're talking about making the main thing the main thing, and that is, is it's about who we are because of who we know there you go. in Jesus. And there then you all go. of that other stuff that we do is kind of an, uh, an overflow, an outpouring yeah. of that time we spend with him. Yeah. So, you know, we took our napkin and we, we, we got three points. We got three it. points, guys. And so a three-point sermon, they always say, is good. Ben and I just found out about this uh, sharing today, so we are this week. So anyway, point one is, yes. who are you? And whose you are always comes before what you do. Amen. So who you are, really being established in your identity, and whose you are, his, 
That always comes in that growth and understanding. Paul had to go through this in his lifetime. When we just read the passage out of Ephesians and, and the fact that he said, I, a prisoner of the Lord, he's actually in prison in Rome. He'd not seen the Ephesians face to face for five years. Mm-hmm. He wants to get this letter out to these house churches and he's talking about the greatness of God, the misery of our sin and how he's set us free and how we met we meet his mercy, and then he begins to, to use us. And how, to, how do we even get along with all this? And so the, the incredible thing for me was that I, I began as I studied this, that the, the being comes before doing. Just like that Acts 1.8 says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. The power of the Spirit in us gives us that ability to be. And so um, I have another slide up there that says, being comes before doing. And then Paul summarizes in this scripture. It says, but when God who has set me apart, even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, that's being, revealing Christ in me, the hope of glory, Why? And then here's the calling. So that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Do you know how many years it was before he started going out public? I know now because this is our third time together. But Do you remember the number? They don't. Tell me. Is it 13? No, that's that's close, but not quite. 14. So No, not quite. So (laughs) you'll get there. Uh, It was 17 years. Three years after he had met Jesus, he's, a, he's alone in Arabia. Then he comes up, meets the folks in Jerusalem. Then he goes back for 14 more years and grows in this understanding, has revelations. And the revelation of him then going to the Gentiles was an overflow of his intimacy with Jesus, right? And so that was the dynamic of what happened here. You said a word. Yeah, and what was So it? let's say we got some people here today that are really new in their faith, and you're like, this intimacy with Jesus. Right. And we're talking about, hey, they're the, making the main thing the main thing, and that is getting to know Jesus more. Right. How do we do that? What does that look like? Yeah, so first of all, as far as communication, it's just like Ben and I up here talking. For those of you that are new, it's just having a conversation. And being real, being, you know, you don't have to use big religious words. You don't have to do it. Just say, hey, you know, today sucks. I'm having a, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm having a hard day today, right? Um, and, and life beats all of us up. I don't yeah. care who you are, where you are. We go through these rough times in life. And so just, Lord, today is hard. What do you want me to do? Uh, the other thing is then is to really get grounded in the scriptures and say, Lord, I don't, like you said, I don't even understand yep. some of what is being said. What does that mean? But you know what happens, I think, most of the time? And he also says we can hear his voice. Yeah. But a lot of times we don't pause We don't make space. And the greatest battle that we face, every one of you in here and us, is that time alone with Jesus. Everything inside us, our um, self-talk, our wanting to control our universe, the enemy coming at us, culture, busyness, all keeps us from the main thing, which is really getting to know him. And every one of us struggles with that, I guarantee you. And so what he wants to do today is to is to hopefully well up and say, God, give me that desire to just enjoy you, to get to know you as a friend. And then secondly, um, what then does my calling, my expression look like? The one that, that I, I got to throw this in there because yeah. I, I'm going through my second Rooted. How many guys are doing Rooted? Anybody doing Rooted? There we go. We got some of you guys. Um, is community. You know, there's that time that we need to spend and, and 
getting with Jesus, getting lost in Jesus. I remember you saying that one time. I'm like, man, I love the idea of that. Getting lost in Jesus, uh, letting these words penetrate our heart, fill us up. But I love hanging out with this guy because every time we read through the scriptures together, I just get inspired. I just see things that, that you know, I, I don't see on my own. And so this community that we have as we're diving in together and like what we do in Rooted also helps in that pouring in so and there's that outflow. It's both ways. Yeah. So Ben asks great questions or he gives insights and, and he'll, he'll make it so profound and simple. And I go, oh my gosh, that's incredible. <laughs> ben, this is wild. So there's mutuality or reciprocity in our sharing together. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that being faithful where you are today. Mm -hmm. You know, I think some of you guys, you know, you're wondering about this calling and you're new in your faith. And so what does that look like to be faithful today? That's our second point right here. <laughs> be faithful where you are today and don't wait. Yeah. Because sometimes we wait, don't we? Sometimes we're like, well, you know, I got to get to know this better. I got to be a theologian or I've got to go to seminary or I'm going to wait for this particular chapter of my life to be done. Mm -hmm. But in the reality of it is, it's not about the stadiums. I mean, yeah. we showed you guys all that stuff, but you know what? It really isn't about that. It's really about the little things. It's about that little nudge that we feel to do something that we wouldn't do if we didn't know Jesus. Right. And it is about being faithful where we are today and being in tune with that little nudge. Talk yeah. about the nudge. So, so I think a lot of us tend to, tend to either be a little bit afraid, maybe insecure. Do I, like Ben was saying, do I, do I have enough? Do I know enough? And, and my, my belief that is if you can talk to somebody else, you're ready. My belief that is if you can talk to your coworker, you're ready, or your fellow student, you're ready. If you can talk to your neighbor, you're ready. And so the, the dynamic is, is that God will pour out his love through you, and you don't have to wait. But I think some folks maybe have been Christians a long time in here, and you just kind of been sitting back and going, well, once I really think I get it, or and and you, you sit on that versus responding to those impulses to those nudges to that quiet voice inside of you and then you realize life has gone by and what happened and yeah. so the, the the dynamic there's another slide in there that says uh today if you hear his voice do not harden your heart mm. and so this whole idea of he will speak to us he says my sheep know me they hear my voice and they follow me the problem is we don't pause long enough to listen we get going, if you're like me, and you're like Ben, and our, our mind is just racing all the time, it's hard to pause and say, Lord, what do you want to say? And so in our micro church meetings, we'll stop and we'll go, because we don't know where we're going, we'll say, Jesus, what do you want next? What do you want to speak to us? What kind of revelation do you want to give? And that pausing, that listening, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one that likes to journal, so I'll have a scripture I'll say, what do you want to say? And then I just wait for thoughts to bubble up on the inside, and I start writing them down. This is something that he does so well. My brain is a race car. It doesn't stop. And I remember, you know, we were talking to the gym a while back. Uh, we get up uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and we go to KOI Boxing. And I was telling, you know, just something with him. And, and I'm like, you know, you know, just give him the... And literally, he did. You're like, he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, all right, let's just pause for a minute. And then he says this, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to just wait and listen. And I won't lie to you, it was hard to do. It was really hard to do, just to mm -hmm. sit there and listen. And, and you're, that encouragement to do that is something that we need to do more of because that's where we feel those nudges. Yeah. That's where it's like that, mm -mm, you know? And, and that's how the Holy Spirit actually directs us so that we can actually dial in a little bit better to his voice and then follow his, his lead. And the other thing then that, that he calls us to is this community, which you mentioned a second yeah. ago. 
And one of the hardest things in the, with the Ephesians is they were so divided, so diverse, right? Tonight, we're going to have the Super Bowl games. And so all the Bengals fans are going to be cheering, Ron, you know, all the craziness is going to go on, no shirts, who knows what, you know, same thing with the LA Rams. But you get them alone together and you find out, oh, politically, we don't think the same. Um, racially, we don't think the same. Um, economically, we don't think the same. And so you'd have all kinds of division, but you're coming it together under this one um, umbrella. So we come together under the kingdom of God, and he says, now I want you to connect. Now I want you to be humble and love one another from the heart because we need it so that we take life that oftentimes is at a low joy setting or culture to bring it into a high joy culture because we're connected and we can't wait to see each other. And we belong to one another. He wants us to be grafted together into the body of Christ, but we're, we fight that because we're rugged Americans individualistic. And the only way we can do that is through the power of Jesus. That's it. That's, it. that's Ephesians uh, uh, 3, 14 through 20, and it talks about that. So here we are talking about listening to that nudge, don't wait, and let's get talking about our third point. I uh, love this. This one I get excited about. The size of the assignment never determines the significance of the impact. You know, sometimes you're going to feel that nudge to do something, and you're not going to totally understand it, and nobody's going to know it, and yet you do it anyways. That's so contrary to our human nature. We're, you know, in our human nature, our sinful nature, we do things that benefit us, that, that are, you know, we're going to receive glory, or somebody's going to recognize us, or we're going to be rewarded, or we're going to get a raise. But the Bible's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to nudge you to do things because he just wants you to do them. And that we've got to trust that God's going to use those things to further the kingdom, even if we don't know how that plays out. For example, I love this story. So do y'all remember when we had the macaroni and cheese day? All, during December, they brought in a truckload of all this macaroni stuff that we had to pack in little baggies. And I was in charge of uh, packing the baggies with the kids. And it was noodles and then this cheddar powder. And I did not realize that you needed a lot of hand-eye coordination to scoop powder out of a trough into a little baggie. Apparently, it's very hard because by the end of the day, room seven was basically covered in this powder. And it was nasty, and, that, and it kind of trampled out into the lobby. And right at the end of the day, and it was, it was a lot of work. Everybody kind of took off. And I saw this guy, a friend of mine, in room seven vacuuming. Michael Wilson's in there vacuuming, and he's cleaning up this cheese, and then God nudges my heart to find a mop. And so I'm in there with Micah. He's vacuuming, wiping stuff down, and I'm mopping the stuff up, which, by the way, you want to vacuum it before you mop it because then it turns into cheese curdles. And so we got all that cheese, and kids are like, should I try that? You dare me to try it, Ben? I give you a Werther's if you try any. <laughs> and so we're cleaning all this up. And it took forever because that kind of migrated out to us working in the lobby. And we're driving home. And usually, you know, uh, my daughter and I will leave pretty early because we got to come back for Sunday night. And uh, we didn't get to do that that day. And so we're driving home. And my daughter looks at me and she's just like, Dad, why'd you do that? Why did you have to do that? Was that your job? No. So then why'd you do it? Because somebody had to do it. Why not me? And there are going to be moments like that where you're going to feel Jesus nudging you and he's going to kind of lay that on your heart. Why not you? Why not? These little, little things. You see, we, we, yeah, we, we had the great opportunity to do these events and these dome events, but I guarantee you, and I've talked to Greg, we've had more impact and have Jesus uses more impactfully outside of those situations on one-on-one -on -one situations more times over than getting up on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's those moments where we've got to listen to, hey, take care of this or take care of that or go talk to Shalon. And next thing you know, you're going to be working with the kids ministry. And that takes a crazy person to do that. 
but you never know. Or teens, and it takes a... Oh, it definitely takes uh, a crazy. Teens are special. It takes a lot uh, of crazy for that. They got my heart, yeah, yeah. Tell them about the donkey duty real quick. Okay, so... Yeah, so donkey duty. Do you remember the Sons of Thunder? And they were two of the disciples, and they go, I want to be on your right, I want to be on your left, and they're boasting, getting all beat up, um, worked up. And the very next thing in Scripture says, and then Jesus said he chose two, two disciples to go steal a donkey, you know, and for his ride into Jerusalem. And so these two that were, you know, thinking that they were great and wonderful, all of a sudden they get donkey duty. Yep. And they got to they gotta bring this donkey in. And then if anybody asks, you just say, well, the Lord has need of it. So this is a huge significance. But what, what are donkeys like, man, in your experience? Stubborn, a lot like kids, <laughs> need a lot of direction, difficult to work with. Sometimes prodding. Oh, yeah, yeah, you need that, you know, little encouragement. <laughs> but, you know, the significance of that story is that here are these guys thinking that, hey, we're walking around with Jesus, doing ministry with Jesus, and, you know, they see themselves up here, and Jesus is like, no, 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 you understand. It's about being a servant. Jesus came to serve and to teach us how to serve. And one thing Greg said uh, a couple of services ago, and I love this, he said this, he says, love them into a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't, he didn't, you didn't say, hey, talk to them to death, give them a track, give them a three-point sermon. You said, love them into a relationship with Jesus. And that right there highlights our point three so much so that, that hey, right now you guys are feeling that nudge. You're feeling and you're, you're sensing those moments. And what I love about Greg and hanging out with him is you're in charge of the outpost. And so, you know, hey, let's wrap that up with that, man. Yeah, so I, I think that many of you could be engaged in a passion that you have that is just you've been sitting on it. Or you can join something, go, I'd like to do that. I could help out with love, local orphan voice, and minister to the single moms in Marion County. Or I'd like to do any number of our 60 outposts or so. And then the other piece of it is we're, we're starting this whole microchurch training at 9 a.m. here on Sunday morning because the house church wineskin, the microchurch, is the only thing that's going to impact our vision to reach a million people in the state of Indiana. And, and so if we're living small, going deep and reaching far, we're going to have a huge impact. So we want to train and coach on how to do that. It may be as simple as tonight, some folks just going, all right, I got a neighbor. I'm going to invite him over to the Super Bowl. We'll do some wings. <laughs> or I want to do coffee this week. Or, you know, if you, if you have any kind of relationship, invite people into your world or go into their world yeah. and, and see what God will do with that exchange versus here I am in my house with the garage door shut. You said right. something earlier. You guys have the ability to reach people and impact lives of people that Greg and I will never meet, as long as you listen to that nudge. If you bought that 10-pound bag of wings at Costco for $37, share those wings. They'll have an impact, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Be a great impact. Yeah, absolutely. So really what we're asking today is that you consider what is God speaking to you? How is he nudging you? As Ben uses that word. Um, what does he want to do with your life? Because every one of you is called. You're first of all called into that intimacy with Jesus. Amen. And then that outflow, that expression of how you're uniquely made. Nobody's made like you are. You are so wonderful and beautiful. You're daughters, you're sons of the King of Kings, of the creator of the whole universe. And he wants to use you because he's created you. And a lot of times we fight this self-talk. Well, you know, like, oh, I'm not worthy, or you should, I don't know much, or I, I don't like myself. 
And so he wants to begin to change that thinking and take those masks off and allow your true self to come out so you can live in joy, you can live in love, and you can impact. The world is looking for the love of, of Christ. They're looking for the love of the body of Christ, which you are. Therefore, you need to connect with one another as he leads. And you need to express that and reach those people that are far from Jesus. So you are. Basically, he's saying this. You are worthy because he is worthy and he dwells within you. Pay attention to that. And God's going to do amazing things in you and through you. Amen. Let's stand up and as we pray. Yeah, I'll pray for us. God, I thank you for just a time to be inspired. We listen and learn about this guy named Paul who had such a radically different life than the life he, he led at the end there when you called him. And how encouraged, Father, to know that you've called each and every single one of us. And some of us in this room, we can go back and we can remember that time where we had our own personal road to Damascus moment where you grabbed a hold of our heart and you did something amazing as we learned the truth and received that truth. And so, Lord, today we are reminded and encouraged that we are called, first and foremost, to you, mm -hmm. to be with you, to spend time with you, to grow in you, to be in community where you are the focus, where we, we inspire and lift up one another. And it's through that time we spend with you, Lord, that there is a, an overflow. And we pray for that overflow because it's through that overflow that you now tap into our time, talent, and treasures where now we can go out, we can reach people, talk to people, find a boldness in you and through you, Lord, to do things that we never thought we would ever do because of you and your strength and your power and the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And so, Lord, please, I, I pray, as Paul prayed, he urged and he begged and I beg this group to live that life worthy. And knowing that we are worthy because right. you are worthy and you dwell in us. Lord, I don't know where you're nudging us today, but I pray that we would listen to it. That if there's anybody out here this morning that is just feeling that prompting, maybe for some of us, it's to enter into that relationship, that radical relationship with you, Lord that they would not wait, that they would not hesitate, that they would surrender the way that Paul did, that they would turn their life over to you. But there are some of us, Father, that have been sitting and waiting, waiting because we feel like we need to learn more, feel that we're not worthy because we've got a hurt or a pain or something that we've done in our life. And Lord, I pray that all that would be wiped away, that you would call us to action, to find a boldness in you, to take a step, to maybe step into that prayer room, and to lift it up to you, to get with Greg and to get some encouragement and direction. But Father, that we would move to action so that there would be those that don't know you that one day would be able to raise their hands the way we do in just a moment in praise and adoration because of you. Mm -hmm. We thank you for your love. And it's through that love we pray that we would love those in a relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.